0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Why, hello, everybody. It's your girl Kim here, and welcome to another episode of Bravo, East Coast Housewives. Happy Tuesday. It is the week before Memorial Day weekend. And guys, I am so excited because I get my dog on Saturday. I can't even tell you guys. Like this is just, I've been waiting so long for this. As I said before, or maybe I haven't, but I have wanted a dog, this particular dog, since 2009. I'm getting a beautiful little West Highland Terrier. It's going to be amazing. And as I said last episode, I'm pretty sure that the name is going to be Roni. So yay! That's Saturday. I'm super excited. And as far as what's going on this week for Bravo, there's a lot of shit. So we'll get started with it. I do have to say I thoroughly enjoyed the second episode of Shaws of Sunset. I mean, holy shit. If you guys haven't checked out my Instagram, you need to do that right now just to see a silly, ridiculous motherfucking meme that I put up. And it's about Mike... (laughs) What he said to Destiny at the last episode when they're in Palm Springs, I think they're there for Mike's birthday. (laughs) And Destiny was basically putting Mike down, saying that he's shallow as fuck. And then Mike, he just goes on the defense and he's like, shallow? What the fuck? This is from Target. (laughs) And he's wearing like a button down shirt. And I'm like, whoa no one who is shallow shops at Target. Okay. Cause Target's the shit. I would say the majority of my wardrobe is from Target. So yes, Mike, I will be on the defense for you because Target's the fucking best. And I'm pretty sure everyone else can say the same thing. Now, before we get into it, the reunion of Jersey part one, of course, and then this past episode of New York. A little refresher before tonight. You know what I'm saying? I have some stuff that I found on the internet. Of course, it's from my reality blurb website. Like, I love this fucking website. I uh, think it's pretty amazing. So two things that I wanted to talk about. I found this article and the headline says the top 10 biggest villains on real Housewives! I wanted to read through the list of what they said. Now, the first one, I think they're doing the n- number one isn't the worst one the way that they listed. So, the first one that they have is Leanne Locken from Real Housewives of Dallas. I didn't really watch Dallas. Well, I don't really watch Dallas at all, to be honest. So, but when I was watching Dallas, when I was trying to give it a chance before this past season started, I did see Leanne and I didn't know that she was the one that did the fucked up shit where she got fired, but I did see her and I was just like, wow, this bitch, I kind of like her because she's kind of stirring shit and she knows how to play it up. But then after I found out that she was off the show, I was just like, you kind of fucked up so you shouldn't be on the show. I get it. But she was also good for the show. So the second one that they have is Phaedra Parks from Atlanta. And let me tell you this, she is fucking fabulous and she is so good. She is so good. I hate the fact that she hasn't come back yet. I hate the fact that she hasn't even come on as a friend. I mean, we know that Sheree has done that before because she was a cast member and then she was gone for a little bit, but then she came back as a friend and then she came back as a cast member. You know, she did the thing. Phaedra, when she was done, she was just done. But honey, as I say all the time, bring back Phaedra. (sighs) Ooh, next one. So good. Danielle Stubb, a.k.a. Danielle Dagger, honey. We all know my obsession yet uncomfortableness. And I know that's not a word. I'm saying it anyways. Anyways. Danielle has given us so much shit that we appreciate it is going down in Real Housewives all-star history. Should she have been included in the all-star thing in the Turks and Caicos? Maybe. I don't know. I think also I saw that Lisa Vanderpump, I think is doing another spinoff on something and it's only going to be on Peacock, but I can't remember. That was a brief article that I read, but let's get back to the villains. This next one, when I read it, I was like, who the fuck is this bitch? And then I was like, oh, makes sense. So they list it as swamp creature and I'm like, what the fuck? And then it says, must I say her name? Okay, fine, but I'm not Happy about it. It's Brandy fucking Glanville. And guess what? She is perfect on this list. That's all I have to say. We go to the next one. It's Kelly Dodd from the Housewives of Orange County. She has been giving us a lot of different shit throughout the years. And I know a lot of people want her off the show. I don't think they're doing it, to be honest. She'll probably be on next season. Let's be real. Who else in that cast would be causing any type of drama? Bronwyn, I think that was all for show. I think most of it's bullshit, to be honest. And she's not that interesting to me. She had to do all this over-the-top, super crazy-ass shit in order for her to be the main storyline, which, in my opinion, seemed a little desperate. I don't think that she can carry drama the way that Kelly Dodd can. Here's why. I think Kelly is super authentic and she's actually as real as they come on that damn show where Bronwyn tries to pretend that she's real whenever she's just making up a bunch of shit. At least with Kelly doing the dumb shit that she does, we actually know that it's real. Even if it might be a little cringy and just not the best thing. It adds to the reality of what we call a reality show. So she is kind of doing the work that she needs to be doing as a cast member. Ooh, next villain, baby. Candace Dillard Bassett. Real Housewives of Potomac. Drag me, Monique. Drag me, bitch. That's a good choice as well. Ooh, Aviva Dresher of New York. Let me tell you, Aviva God, was she annoying, but she also brought so much shit whenever she was on the show. Her dad, ew, gross. I would never want to be in the same room with him. He would make me feel so uncomfortable because he already made me feel uncomfortable, and I was just watching his ass on television. So in real life, I give credit to all the women that have been in his vicinity because the dude's kind of a gross, sleazy, slimy dude. I think... Because I know that he did get married to that girl that was on the show. She was like 20, maybe even 40 years younger than him. I have no idea because he's kind of old. But I think him and Danielle Staub, I think they would actually be a good match. Could anyone tell me, prove prove otherwise that they would not be a good match. I think Aviva's father and Danielle Staub from New Jersey would be a great fucking couple. I think they both like sex like hella a lot, more so than your average individual, I would think. And they're kind of like dirty and gross, so I feel like it would be a really good match made in heaven. Let's see. We have three more. Three more. Next one, Kenya from Atlanta, perfect choice. Over the years, she's given us so much. I mean, holy shit, she made Portia get out of her chair and try to beat the fuck out of her and all that kind of shit with the baton. Twirl, 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 gone with the wind, fabulous, yes. Then we have, I was surprised by this, but not at the same time, Lisa Rinna, Beverly Hills. I do feel some of the shit that she does is pretty malicious and she knows how to play the show. She does. But I do have to say, I think out of all of the housewives of all of the franchises, I think Lisa Rinna is probably the most fake out of all of them. I don't know why. Actually, I do know why. She just presents herself in a way where you know that she's on bullshit. Like she comes in and she's like, Kyle, oh my gosh. Like, yes, Kyle. I can't believe that she did that. She's a friend swapper. Isn't that what Ramona said to Elise? She's a friend. Oh, she said she's a friend stealer. Lisa Rinna is not a friend stealer. She just flip flops. She flops from one side of the group to another. I don't think that she's genuine to anyone. Look at Denise. They're not even talking anymore, I believe. So that was a pretty good choice. Last one, which is totally true. Tamara Judge, honey. Orange County. And you know what? For that, I think they probably should have put all of the Trace Amigas on there because Shannon can be pretty bitchy and so can Vicky. We definitely know that Vicky can because she created the whole fucking Real Housewives franchise, didn't she? Come on, Andy. Didn't you know that? So I'll read it one more time. So we have Leanne Locken, Phaedra Parks, Danielle Staub, Brandy Glanville, Kelly Dodd, Candace Dillard Bassett, Aviva Drescher, Kenya Moore, Lisa Rinna, and Tamra Judge. Do you think these are all good choices as far as the top 10 villains in Real Housewives? Let me know. I think these are good choices. At the moment, I can't think of anyone else. I would probably really have to think about it to change different ladies. So moving on, the other article that I found that I thought was pretty interesting and this says the headline real housewives of new jersey cast thinks jennifer aiden is not authentic and starts trouble for storylines as they are team melissa following social media feud well we all know that they keep blasting each other on instagram The reunion, we'll get into it. They say that it was intense in this article. To be honest, I don't think it was that intense. They were just addressing issues that happened on the show. But I wasn't feeling like it was the season prior because that shit, that reunion was on fire, which was part of the reason why there were three parts. And I'm still a little bummed out that they're not doing three parts for this cast because I definitely feel like they well deserve it because they're just so fucking entertaining. So I guess a source said, and I'm going to quote about Jennifer, Uh, the source said, She's become a big eye roll to the entire cast. They don't feel like she herself is authentic and the only person siding with her is Teresa. Well, that's a shocker. Teresa is also a flip-flopper. She, she, oh, she says so many things. Like, she needs to put her foot in her own mouth. You know what I mean? Like, she says something that goes against whoever she's talking about, and then all of a sudden, she's like, no, I don't know. I don't know. She's, Teresa, come on, you could do better. Be better than The Gap. Do I have to break that out again? Be better than The Gap, people. The source also said that Melissa and most of the other women think that Jennifer is fake. And conniving. And I guess Melissa stated that on Instagram before the reunion aired. Part one, of course. This is what she says I've been on the show a long time and I know fake and conniving when I see it. When you don't come for someone at all and they are constantly trying to put you down and trying to cause rifts in your relationships, that's a huge red flag. So Jennifer, did you hear that? Because that's what Melissa's thinking of you. And I'm pretty sure you don't give a shit, which is totally fine with me. Bring that shit on camera. A production insider also said, most of the cast feels that Jennifer is causing a lot of drama and starting trouble for no reason other than to create storylines. And you know what? If that's the case, way to go, Jennifer, because we need this shit. We thrive on this shit And if there's nothing else interesting going on, you got to make the show five stars. You know what I'm saying? So she's doing God's work. I support her because I fucking love watching it. So with that said, it says that filming for the next season is going to start in June. And I guess that is the most of the drama from this past reunion. So... Why don't we get started with Jersey first, and then we will talk a little bit about Roni baby and not my dog, okay? So we're at Jersey. Like I said before, I didn't think it was that exciting. I was a little disappointed. First off, because they're only doing two parts. Like, what the fuck? These women are definitely worth three parts, in my opinion, and also... I just didn't feel like it was as entertaining as what I'd hoped it to be. Maybe I was just expecting way too much from our ladies, and maybe that was my mistake. But I was a little disappointed, I'm not going to lie. But I do have to say, from the very beginning when it first started, we see that Jennifer, baby, she was out for blood, and that's part of the reason, and all of the reason, really, why I love the bitch. She was coming after Margaret. She was like, the target here is Margaret. And boy, oh boy, towards the end was she going after her, especially after she did the whole shit with Melissa, which we already spoke about earlier in the episode. So there's that. I do always love that Jennifer brings so much to the table when it comes to a reunion. She is always on her A-game. Now, Miss Pretty Old Melissa, she says that she brought her receipts and she says, I usually have a book, but I didn't bring the book. I just put it all in my iPhone. Yeah, that's fucking great. But you know what? You want to take notes? Take notes from the greats, okay? Go talk to Monique. Call her up because she will show you how to do it right with those receipts, okay? Don't do the Ramona receipts where she just printed out a bunch of shit and then she throws it on the floor and it makes Andy read all of it. Don't do that. You call up Monique Samuels and she will do the thing. She will tell you what to do and she will kick ass at it because that's what she did this past season. And I'm still going to miss you, Monique. You were fucking great. So Andy's talking to the ladies What's new with them? Margaret apparently got a breast reduction. Cool. She got a lift. Congratulations. Dolores apparently also got a new vagina. Dolores, please. You don't need all of these elective surgeries. Stop. I mean, you're going to do you and I support whatever you do. That's great. I just don't think that you need to do anymore. (sighs) I love Dolores so much and I really don't want her to do anymore. (laughs) But you know what? What the fuck? Who am I? So now we go to Jackie and Jackie was saying to start that I guess Teresa had a bunch of other housewives from other franchises kind of pick the battle for her as far as the whole Evan cheating and Gia and the coke shit because we saw that Dorinda actually said something after the episode aired because throughout this season both Teresa and Jackie were having their own little feuds on social media. Are we shocked? No, because all of these housewives do the same exact thing. Even the Southern Charmers, they all do that shit. It's part of the gig, it seems. And Andy loves it, I'm sure. I know I do. Andy asks Teresa, yeah, so what does Gia think about her famous song now? Waking up in the morning, thinking about so many things. I just oh my God, it's great. All artists are using that particular moment in time, the Jersey history. I love it. And I also appreciate the fact that when Gia was on the Real House Kids of Watch What Happens Live, I forget what it was fucking called, but you get what I'm saying. I do appreciate the fact that she did acknowledge, oh my God, why did I even do that? Like, that was so bad. I'm so glad that I changed to something else. I'm just happy that she could appreciate the fact that she probably wasn't going to be a Sheena Shea. (laughs) Was that shade? Sheena, yes. (laughs) I don't care, though. It's fun. Then from there, we get right into the digging of Jennifer and how she's with Bill. She saw him as a meal ticket, according to Margaret, and then the whole thing comes crazy. And then... Jennifer's pissed off about that rightfully so and she's like you know what this seems to be a recurring theme for you that's all that you have on me get me some new material at least I have some different material your husband's submissive to you and when Margaret was talking about Jennifer being so proud that Bill's the meal ticket for her She said, you have on your Instagram, married to a plastic surgeon." And then Teresa, why the fuck did you open up your mouth? Like it's insanity to me, but I love it at the same time. What does she say? She's like, well, she's proud of Bill. You know, it's not like Margaret, you know, you wouldn't say on yours, married to a plumber. What the fuck? And then of course there was a commercial. Why would you say that Teresa? What does that even mean? Margaret knew that it was kind of an underhanded dig and that wasn't cool. We can clearly see that Teresa is definitely sticking up for Jennifer this whole reunion so far. She threw out that low blow to Margaret and it was only like five minutes into the fucking episode. It was great. And then Teresa says, Well, why don't you put that on your Instagram? And she's, and then Margaret says, Because we're not dick swingers, Teresa. So I thought that was fun. She was trying to defend herself against Teresa. Totally get it. And then furthermore for Jennifer sticking up for herself as far as what the fuck like I'm not looking at Bill as a meal ticket for me and just like I'm doing absolutely nothing like I didn't get a nanny until I had my fourth child so don't sit here and tell me that I'm just here to take his money and be the stay-at-home mom and really not do anything because I have like eight million nannies no bitch like I was doing shit and then you know what I like the fact that she said if I have the ability to enjoy certain luxuries yes I feel like I'm entitled to do that and of course I feel like anyone else would want to do it too and you know what for that Jennifer I support you on that because I would too if I could afford a shit ton of nannies why not but I also don't have any children so that's not gonna happen so there's that and I don't have the money (laughs) then Andy addresses the relationship between Jennifer and her mother Unfortunately, during this taping, they were not speaking. However, I did go on Instagram the other day, and Jennifer put something up. I think a relative of hers graduated high school or something, and uh, her mother was there for this little celebration. So it obviously seems like current day that they are fine. But during the taping, which I think was, what, a couple months ago? They were still not speaking, and she was really upset about it. But then Melissa had to open up her big-ass mouth and said, Oh, well, Jennifer, you kind of throw your mom under the bus sometimes. Like, I would never speak to my mother the way that you do. And I'm like, Melissa, you better slow your roll. You don't know what happens behind closed doors. And then Jennifer's like, well, I'm real and authentic on this show, unlike you trying to develop a storyline with you and your husband. That was a bunch of shit that you made up so you could stay on the show. Then Melissa's like, oh, well, you're making all this shit up so you can stay on the show. And it was just like, beep, 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 beep. it was like insane. Okay. It was a bunch of like hyenas, like, ah. It was exhausting. I didn't find it that entertaining. It was exhausting. So that whole bicker fighting was going on. Jackie agreed with Melissa that Jennifer is too rude to her mother and all this kind of stuff. And then Jackie says, this, well, this is what happens. And then Jackie comes in and says, you shouldn't throw your family members under the bus. And then Teresa's like, well, what the fuck, Jackie? You did that with Gia. You did that with Gia with the analogy. Then all of that bickering happens. And then it's just like a bunch of bickering, blah, 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 which is basically all of the reunions. But this one just wasn't getting to me. And I'm still a little disappointed. Jennifer then says that Melissa was trying to get on the show. So she was like up Teresa's asshole about it, whatever. And I guess when Andy was asking Jennifer whether her mother was actually abused, Jennifer said, no, I don't believe... Like, she wasn't abused. Was she neglected? Yes. And then... Some of the women were saying, well, that's a form of abuse. Okay. And then she's like, I don't think that he abused her. He was neglecting her for sure. But she is so angry from the neglect that she got from her husband that now she feels that her children should punish him for all of the neglection. Is that a word? I don't think it is. For all of the neglective things that he was doing throughout earlier years. Do we agree? I don't know. Then the feud with Melissa and Jennifer continue. Melissa thinking that Jennifer just likes to start shit on purpose so she can stay on the show. I really don't think that Jennifer has like a personal vendetta to like go after Melissa. I really don't because I don't think she likes Melissa enough. I feel like you need to really have some sort of emotional whatever with that other person to really be that mean. I have no idea. But I really don't think that Jennifer gives a shit much about Melissa. So I don't know why Melissa is being so vain. Maybe because Jennifer envies her, right? Oh my God, it's exhausting. Then Jennifer was like, well, you know what? The only reason why realtor Michelle came on, we all remember her, right? Saying that Joe Gorga didn't pay her husband. She's like, the only reason why she wanted to come on the show, Melissa, is so she could blackmail your ass along with Joe, saying that he doesn't pay people that work with him. And then, oh my God, this is crazy and shit. Jennifer also said that Margaret agreed with that whole statement because she says something like, oh, well, plumbers know that Joe Gorga doesn't pay people. And then like Margaret, then the Margaret and Jennifer thing happens and then that's a whole thing throughout the rest of part one. That was interesting. We'll get into the Margaret Jennifer thing but let's briefly talk about the Gorga marriage and oh my god they're okay like we all thought. Was it really for the show? Dolores says we know what was real and what they were going through during the filming that was real. That was not a made-up storyline. So Dolores is defending that Joe wants to clarify about him being so old school, supposedly chauvinistic. I would say yes, because he kind of is. And he says, I want to make this clear. Melissa would never want me to go out and do shit. Like she would say, you're not going, you're not going, we're going to do this together. And I'm the same way. We both are jealous. So they both admitted it and that's why they act the way that they act, I guess. But then he continued by saying, Melissa's been stepping out by herself for 11 years and he just feels now that he's being forgotten by her. So he's just like, hey, wake up, honey. Like, just remember me. I'm your husband. Andy asked Joe if he thinks that fame has changed Melissa. Teresa thinks that it has. I'm not shocked with that. Joe says no. However, I don't know if I fully believe that. There had to have been a reason why he said it on the show in his confessional. That was the first time Melissa had heard it, I guess. But he said it for a reason. So I do think he was kind of lying to her to her face on national television, if you were to ask me. Has it changed her? I don't know the bitch personally, but she has evolved differently throughout the years. But I also feel like all of these women have, so maybe it's getting to all these bitches' heads. I don't know, but I'm going to keep watching them because they're great. Now we go on to Teresa and Joe and... They're talking about the loss of their parents and, you know, the celebration of Nona and no, no. And Andy said, I'm sure that that ceremony that you guys threw was probably so meaningful because you couldn't even have a proper ceremony because of COVID. And it was interesting. And I honestly, things happen for a reason. I do. I'm a true believer of that. Teresa said that the street that she asked her parents to send her a good guy was the street that she met her current boyfriend, Louie. I mean, that gives me chills. It gives me tingles. My hairs are standing up. I really do believe that shit is real. Shit is real. Things happen for a reason. They're supposed to happen the way that they happen, and that is so fucking cool. Her parents definitely listen to her, and that's what happened. I thought that was so Cool. Then the Judice-Gorga thing feud through all of those years is discussed, and I guess Andy was talking to Joe and Teresa about her being in jail and how Joe Judice is kind of a piece of shit. I mean... None of them said that, even though Joe Gorga, I'm pretty sure, would probably agree with me. But Andy was talking to Joe and said, hey, how do you feel what Gia said about you on my show dealing with you speaking about Joe Judice?" And Joe's like, hey, look, you know what? That's her father. And, you know, if I slip up one time after all of these years of holding everything in, now I'm the bad guy? With this particular thing, I'm team Joe Gorga because we all know that Joe Judice is full of shit. So I am team Joe Gorga with that. This was basically the last time, hopefully, that both parties will be talking about Gorga, Judice, etc. So Joe Gorga was like, I never want to speak his name again. I never want to hear about him again. I'm done with it. There was a lot of stuff that happened in between there. Whenever Teresa was in jail, Joe was talking about, Teresa, you went to prison. So did we. Our parents had to go to your house and look at the man that put your ass in jail. That was prison for me and your mom and dad. That's pretty intense. I don't even know the way that she handled it, just taking it. I don't know if I would be able to do it, but they basically squashed it. Hopefully, they'll never talk about it again because Andy says, listen, whenever you guys are done talking about it and done bringing it up, I won't ask about it anymore. But Andy's secretly hoping, I'm sure, that they keep talking about it so he has more shit that he can ask to make the show really good. I do have to say one of the best moments in this particular Part one reunion was whenever Andy asked Jackie about her hair extensions. Shout out to Selena, who was on my show weeks ago talking about her hair extensions. Girl, did she call you up yet? Because she should. But Selena was on point, and I thought it was hilarious that they made that a thing in the episode. Jackie addressed that her shit was messed up. So Jackie's taking accountability. That's great. We appreciate you. We support you. Yes. Someone else wrote in a question to Andy saying, how is Margaret's marriage so strong? Like, what? what's the secret? Margaret says that they're very supportive, yada, 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 communications, respect. And then Jennifer just comes in. This is like towards the end of the episode. And Jennifer says, oh, well, you know, Joe's quite submissive to Margaret. So after that, that's whenever Margaret loses her hat and she starts to go after Jennifer. But then Jennifer always comes back talking about whenever Margaret was sleeping around with all these guys, how she slept with her boss and I guess she slept with another boss and then Margaret was like, yeah, well, he became my boyfriend. So I think Jennifer was trying to set in a little dig there, trying to be like, well, you have been sleeping around and you have been sleeping with people in the workplace. So, ooh. That's pretty intense. That was not a good move, Jennifer. I was like, damn. Jennifer likes to slut shame Margaret, according to Melissa. Uh, I kind of agree with her on that. She does talk about that shit a lot. That's kind of her recurring theme with Margaret. Like Margaret's recurring theme with Jennifer is the meal ticket thing. So Jennifer throws back because they were talking about how Margaret's Boss slept with her and she was like in her 20s we all know it was like the position it was a me too moment right there so Jennifer just comes in and says well you know what you slept with other bosses and she's like yeah well one of them became my boyfriend she didn't say bosses but she had another boss apparently that became her boyfriend so Jennifer was like well you're sleeping with every Tom Dick and Harry and now you're gonna say that they're all in a position of power (sighs) It was intense. I got a little uncomfortable. And then Jennifer just ends by saying, you instigate, I retaliate. And that she was definitely doing. So at the very end of the episode, Jennifer drops the big ass bomb, says that Margaret is the one that actually started the rumor of Evan, Jackie's husband, cheating on her. And then at the very end, she's like, Okay, I won't say it. Teresa, you say it because Margaret's blowing her shit out. So that's where we left off. It'll be intense to see how part two ends off. Let's go to Roni because we got some shit talking about. A lot of drunkies going on here. And her name is Sonia. So here we go. So, Yins, guys, free stuff is always awesome. But free stuff to spice up your bedroom? I'd say that's even better. If you go to adamandeve.com, you can select almost Any one item for up to 50% off. And then what happens after that? They load up the free stuff. All you have to do is enter offer code BELIEVE at checkout and get 10 tantalizing free gifts. A sexy item for him, a special gift for her, and a third item you'll both enjoy. Not only that, six free spicy movies. And guess what? Free shipping. Hell yeah to that. So go to AdamandEve.com and use our offer code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, and go and spice up your life tonight. So I would like to call this episode Ebony in Wonderland, and eventually I'll tell you why. <laughs> so we continue the Hamptons weekend at Ramona's house hanging out after the Bernie Man, yay, yay, yay. Sonia is recognizing this the day after. So she's talking to Ramona and she's like recognizing the vulnerability that Ebony had with them with just meeting them. And she was like, wow, I felt like no one was really checking in on her. And like, that's a really big step for her to be vulnerable. And then Sonia's admitting if she can be super vulnerable like that and we just met her, I should be like that too, because I've known these bitches for a long time. So while that conversation is going on, Luann is going to Ebony's room to check up on her, see how she slept, all this kind of shit. And Ebony was like, it was really good. I did my Irish goodbye shit or whatever. Is that what they called it last time? I think. I don't know. Something Irish. And Ebony was like, I had a really good time. There was something that kind of bothered me a little bit. And then Ebony told her that she didn't, she was a little taken aback with Ramona's the help comment about Michelle or was it, I forget her name. But Ramona used the word the help. So Ebony was like, it kind of made me uncomfortable and I got a little upset and here's why. And she discussed on how her grandmother, the grandmother that is passing that she spoke about in the healing circle. And she was like, Lou, she was a domestic and she ran basically the household of a white family. But of course, it wasn't seen that way. But she was considered the help to them. And it was a really triggering word. And then Luann heard it and she's like, oh my God. She's like, sometimes that's the package that you get with Ramona. She says the dumbest shit. And I, she was being defensive for Ramona saying, I really don't think that there was any race involvement whatsoever with her comments. She was just dumb as fuck when she said it. And Ebony understood that, but she also wanted to make sure that she was heard On why it's not good to say in the first place. So that was a good conversation to have. And then eventually we see in the episode that Ebony addresses it with Ramona whenever they are going to that winery in a little bit. But we do have to say that we've seen this shit happen with Ramona so many times. And I think Ebony just wants to address Ramona. You kind of look at people as less than yourself, and that's not right. We all know that's not right. Like Ramona, you kind of fuck up a lot of the time. So be better than the cat. <laughs> oh my god! Okay. Also, love this. So cute. If any of you guys caught this, whenever the ladies were about to go in the van to the winery, did you guys miss Marley trying to jump in the van with them? Oh my god! It was cuteness overload. I was so excited. I was so happy. I can't wait for my dog. Ah! And we also see Luann introduce herself as Luann to the driver, as opposed to, I'm the Countess. I'm the Countess de Lesseps. And then we see little Sonia Morgan in her confessional. Wow, we have just come a long way with our girl Lou. Before, she, you could only call her the Countess. Ah, <laughs> I thought that was so fun. Oh my goodness. So the ladies are driving to the winery and we're finding more about Garth. But oh my God, guess what? Current day, she ain't with that motherfucker Garth anymore. She's with some other dude that has very Jacques-like hair, but it's not Jacques because remember he got married, but she's with a new dude. But we're hearing more about Garth in this episode. And then Leah says, hey, guess what guys? I got a dick pic what? All the women are like, oh my God, I would never want to dick pic. Uh, uh, uh." And then Leah says, well, don't you girls send shit back to the guys that you're talking to? Then Ebony says the best line. (laughs) She's like, man, I don't even send them my face. Like, take me out. What the fuck? Like, take me out on a date. Yes, Ebony, we all aspire to be like you because that was just the shit. And I loved it. That was hilarious. So then they get to the winery Luann is leaving the table with the ladies. Leah is then kind of starting the shit talking, if you will. She's like, you know, do you think Luann is doing this so she can prove to herself that she's comfortable around alcohol nowadays? Because what we see is she's bringing like froze in her bag and then she's getting a wine glass from the winery just to put her own froze that she brought from her purse in there so she can feel included or something. She's clearly attacking demons right in front of our face as far as her alcohol sobriety stuff. It's pretty intense, and Leah is addressing that behind her back, must I say, but eventually she does address it in the episode. Then from there, Luann, I believe, comes back during this conversation. I could be wrong. I can't necessarily remember if she was out or in, but whichever. Ramona is listening to Ebony because Ebony is addressing her on how she was a little triggered from the help comment. And it was a really good, healthy conversation. I think it was great that they got that on tape. And Ramona was not being defensive. She was explaining, well, you know, I hire people to help me. So like, but I totally understand what you're saying. Because Ebony was like, historically... That is like looking at someone as less than yourself. And I think that they resolved it beautifully. It was a really nice moment to see uh, how a conversation like that can evolve and grow into a positive step as opposed to a negative step. So I appreciated that little scene. And then they start talking about COVID. And then what does Leah do? She's holding a damn grudge about Ramona saying that she donated her antibodies. And then Leah's basically like, did you donate your antibodies? Like, did you, did you donate your blood plasma or not? Like, just be upfront and honest. Just as Kyle Richard, we just want you to be honest. Just be honest, Denise. Just be honest. So she's asking Ramona to be honest. <laughs> Ramona says that she's like I was tested, I was tested, but she never answered the fucking question. And also she said, I gave my answer to the press. I gave my answer to the press. Well, Ramona, why don't you just <laughs> why don't you just tell us then? If you gave your answer to the press, say it to our faces. Say what the answer was, not I gave my answer to the press. Producers ask her on the show did you donate it? And she's like, yes, I did. I guess, you know, it's kind of like the Tootsie Pop thing. How many licks does it take to get to the center of a Tootsie Pop? It's like Ramona. How do you know? Like, does she lie? And then it's like, dot, 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 dot. The world may never know. So that's a Ramona singer, basically, at the end of the day. Then Ramona feels like she's just getting ganged up and shit. So she gets super defensive, flicks Leah off <laughs> at the table, which was hilarious. And then she leaves. And then she goes in the bathroom. What happens? Luann wants to check up on her, make sure she's OK. And she's like, I'm in the bathroom, for Christ's sakes. And then she's like, "Why well, I want to. And she's like, oh, my God, I have diarrhea, Luann. <sighs> all right. All right there, Ramona. You go take care of yourself. Have a peto whatever you call it. Uh, take care of your shit. Literally. What I thought was kind of weird, whenever Ramona went to the bathroom, Leah just went on this, like, rant about, none of you girls stuck up for me, like, what the fuck, y'all are bitches, blah, 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 like, you didn't, why are you getting so mad? I mean... I understand that you're pissed off like you don't why would someone lie about this whole thing with a COVID situation that's fucked up that you're doing that because this is a really serious we all know how serious it is so for her to do that and try to lie about it that's fucked up but she really almost she was almost off the deep end as far as like you guys didn't stick up for me and blah 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 blah, blah. like Ebony even said what do you want us to do? Like, if she wants to lie about it, then that's what she's going to do. Like, that's the, the case is settled. Like, we can't do anything more about it. We addressed her on it. She did this, and we can't do anything more. Why, why kill yourself to kind of figure out da da da, da all this shit? Like, just leave it alone. That's the lawyer in Ebony, I'm pretty sure. She's a badass bitch. Then Sonia comes, checks on Ramona after she's done doing the diarrhea thing, and then Loanne's like, is it safe to go in now? So Sonia's talking to Ramona about this whole thing. Ramona's talking about, oh, Leah, she has like 12 different prints on. It's like ridiculous. And then Sonia, what do you mean? You have 10 different prints on too. You got like two leopards and then your sunglasses. That whole conversation was ridiculous and hilarious. I enjoyed it very, very much. Sonia's calling out Ramona with her multiple prints while Ramona's trying to call out Leah with her 8 million prints, which I respect what she was doing for fashion, But I didn't really love the look. I said it. So as soon as Ramona and Sonia come back, Ebony addresses to Ramona, hey, you know what? I think it was a really good conversation that we had and we can continue to grow from this experience. And then Ramona was like, I really appreciate the way that you came to me and you weren't like down my throat about it. And it was very adult. So thank you for that. So that was a really nice exchange. And then (laughs) they're about to leave so they can go shopping and shit. And you see Ebony taking some lobsters and shit, like lobster rolls maybe it was, and she was like putting it in her purse. First of all, I think of Home Alone. Put it in your purse. Put it in your purse. But then we have good old Sonia for a lovely little quote. (laughs) I never leave the lobsters. I'm not leaving the lobsters. It's who I am. Yes, Sonia Morgan, international lifestyle brand. That was beautiful. Putting that shit in their purses so they could have some filletta. After the winery, they're doing a little shopping, shopping. Garth is brought up in the conversation again in the car. Sonia's having a little drinky, drinky, or as Dorinda would say, she's taken to the Tippa. And uh, she's getting a little drunk, okay? And we all know when Sonia gets drunk, sometimes emotions come out that do not make her look, uh, well, good, to be honest. So as soon as they get out and they're in these different stores that they're going to, Leah brings up Heather And how Heather, Heather Thompson, because she's going to meet up with him at Ramona's house the next day, I believe. Leah's like, well, you know what? Heather keeps dissing on all of you guys. And I think it's fucked up that she's even coming. And Ramona, why did you invite her? Like, she's saying all this shit on this podcast. In my mind, I'm like, Leah, what the fuck? She's not shit talking you. Just leave it alone. Let her come and let's just see this hash out, which we are. But I'm just like, girl, she ain't shit-talking you, so relax, relax. (laughs) So the shopping ends, then they're going to a dinner, and they're at this bar. I do find it interesting. They start talking about the size of men's dicks and shit, whatever, and Ramona's pretty active in this conversation. Everyone's laughing, ha, 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 but I'm wondering... Ramona, you got like all pissed off whenever Leah was talking about all that shit and now Ebony's talking about it and you're not giving her shit. Why is that? I'm curious. So I thought that was, that was interesting to me. And then after that, Ebony tells the girls that she's really enjoying their company and while after that happened, Luann dismisses herself to have a cigarette, which I guess is a new thing. That's like her, that's like her thing that she turns to so she doesn't take a drink, which... I don't know. I don't think that's any better, but, you know, you do you, Lou. As soon as Luann comes back from the cigarette smoking, Leah addresses her saying, do you think drinking out of a wine glass with your fosé that you bring in your own bag, do you think that's, like, helping you? Like... And then Luanne's like, yeah, this is how I cope. And then she's, like, being defensive to Leah. And she's like, well, you're doing the same thing. And she's like, no, I think this is, like, counterproductive for you, Lou. Like, I don't think this is helping you. I almost feel like it's going to give you a step closer towards opening that bottle of rosé. Luann's pretty defensive on it, not to the fact where she's yelling at her, but she doesn't like what Leah's saying. She She's not liking the truth because Leah's spitting out the truth juice. <laughs> And then after that whole thing happens, then we move on. (laughs) Ebony is addressing to the older women. Sorry to say that, but they are older than them. So there's, yeah, basically Luann, Ramona, and Sonia. Because cancel culture that we know that they're trying to talk about, but they don't say it right. Sonia called it, I don't want to be a cancel, call it consolation. And then Ramona's like, What? Why do we want to cancel culture? And oh, my God, these two ladies, I love them so much. They're so, Ugh, I just love them. So Ebony had to be like, hey, this is what cancel culture is. We're not canceling culture. Like, come on, ladies. Like, you guys are being ridiculous. We're going to talk through this shit because that's who we are. We're not going to do cancel culture here. Okay? we're not going to cancel an individual. No, we talk it out. Then Leah brings up what she's reading about Heather in these blogs or whatever, and uh, she's sharing basically that uh, Heather said she commented on Sonia's new face, said that she liked the older one better, Ooh, and she also said that apparently Luann, there's nothing authentic about her and that she does drugs. Holy shit, Heather. Look what you're going to be walking into. You're going to be walking into the wolves. They are going to feed on you hard. That's all I'm saying. It's going to be fucking great. Also, fun note, by the way, we all know last year Andy called out Leah as far as her sniffing every fucking thing that's in front of her, any food. Like, I've already seen it multiple times just within these two episodes. But can I also congratulate Ebony with anywhere that they are at a restaurant and shit Most of the women are talking. You always see Ebony eating, and I fucking love that. You are my spirit animal because that is me. Yes, bring on the food because guess what? Ebony eats, bitch. She said it on the first fucking episode, and that just shows me that she's a real bitch, and I love her for that, and I just, just be on the lookout. Ebony will be eating while the women are talking because I would be doing that shit too, and while they're around food, Leah's going to sniff every fucking food around her. I just think that's a fun little fact. Now let's get back to the episode. Luann then FaceTimes Garth. Sonia's drinking. She's super annoyed that Garth is even in the mix. Ramona tries to calm her down and she's like, no, stop it. And then all of a sudden JP Morgan is brought up and all this fucking shit. Ramona has to call a friend of hers that works for JP Morgan or something. And then she hangs up with them. But then she calls them back. And then Ebony gets the phone and she's like, oh, you work for Chase? I'm getting my mortgage through Chase. Then you have Ramona. Oh, well, you know, Wells Fargo has better rates. Holy shit. And then all of a sudden, Sonia, it's my family. You're going against my family. And then what happens? Episode's over. Holy shit. Sonia's drunk out of her ass. Um, I'm afraid that this is going to be a season that Dorinda had last year. I'm afraid that's going to be Sonia's season. I really hope that's not true, but we'll have to see. So that was how the episode ended. We will see how Sonia recovers from this whole situation. She is pretty sloppy drunk. I really hope that we won't be seeing her like this throughout the majority of the season because this is whenever she's down deep. And it just makes me feel like she's still not dealing with issues the way that Dorinda hadn't dealt with them then, but we shall see. So pretty intense uh, New York episode-ish, especially towards the end. Same thing with Jersey, intense towards the end of part one. We'll see what happens in part two on Wednesday. Tonight for Roni, it'll be good. (laughs) Yeah, guys, that's all I got. I'm super excited for the dog. So I think that has been in the forefront of my mind. So I'm kind of distracted (laughs) with the dog thing. But I just want to say, thank you guys so much for fucking listening. I think you're all fabulous. And thank you for those who follow me, subscribe um, on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And then if you haven't yet, please subscribe. Tell your friends, please write a comment or I mean a review. Write a review. If you like the show, please put five stars. I love seeing that shit. I want to see more of it. Um, so please tell your friends and family to listen to the show. I know there are, like, shit-ton of Bravo podcasts out there, but they don't have the type of opinion that I do, this yinza. How many yinzas are you listening to for a Bravo podcast? That's all I'm saying. So be sure to follow me on Instagram, at Bravo Yinzer, yinzer spelled Y-I-N-Z-E-R, and please follow us at Believe Podcasts and at Believe Pop Culture. That's believe, B L E A V, and have a beautiful, amazing Memorial Day weekend. By the time that you hear from me, I would have had my dog for like what two or three days. So I'm excited to talk to you guys about him, and he's gonna be so cute, and he is now part of the Bravo family. And uh, yeah, so you guys have a great week. I will see you next Tuesday. Bye.